good, meth is great, few things I love more than smoking that classic M. God damn, I love a bit of meth. Meth is fantastic. Oh, oh, wait. <laughs> Sorry, I've, I've got the wrong lyrics to the, a Def FX song. Um, yeah, that one actually didn't make it into the Hottest 100. I'm gonna... Oh, shit. Uh, I'm gonna try and improvise here. Uh, what else can we do? D -d -d oh, sure. Uh, Wombalomba, 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 Wombalomba. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young. I'm one of the four voices you're gonna be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again, it's Andrew McDonald. As always. It's Nathan Harrison. Hello. And it's Adam Buncher. This is possibly our most postmodern beginning to <laughs> an episode because you've you've done a fictional song. Oh that no, not, that's, that, that song even... is as real as the streets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know when you used to like there used to be like super like weird like hidden tracks on CDs where you'd like play track one and then like pause it on zero 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 and rewind and then then like press reverse from there and they'd somehow have some shit there. Yeah, mm. really. Yeah, yeah. What, what's an example of that happening? Friends of Rome, shut your mouth. Yeah, think before. <laughs> <laughs> let, me just, let me just dive into the deep Rizzerol B-side from the worst album knowledge. Um, the, yeah, for example, shut your mouth. If you the Q in track has um, "Baby Hold Me in Your Arm," mm. like a short one minute song on the piano with JC, and also uh, the soundtrack to the X Files songs in the key of X in the leading track, it has the Dirty Three covering the X Files thing. That's wild. Yeah, it was as a, a, as a hidden track. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was like, that, literally that, hidden. Like hidden. you'd have to fucking. What? And that's on the X Files. Yeah, song from the K of X. That mm. is, it's a conspiracy. Oh. <laughs> Whoever did that is so. I am, I am very impressed Mr. by them. It was Mr. X Files himself. <laughs> well done, Mr. X Files. <laughs> Mr. Files. Maybe. Thank you. Nobody did it. I well, have to confess, when you did that, I like I was sort of scrambling through my mental notes for this episode, Sorry. being like, "What <laughs> song are they the lyrics to?" I don't remember. Yeah, Maybe, that's my it... bad. I got my wires crossed. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that I had forgotten the meth song that we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was by Mindless Drug Hooper. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that song just go to the fucking next level? <laughs> yeah, car car carries a much worse sentence yeah, than like yeah. having a joint. <laughs> <laughs> One day I was riding my bike and smoking some meth because that's what I like. It's like Jesus, dude. Like the next verse is him like stealing a TV. Yeah. It goes, yeah. it goes downhill really quickly. Oh, well, the truth is out there, and we're gonna try and find it in the next five songs. God help us all. Kicking off at number sixty-five, we're gonna pick it up with Goldfinger. This is here in my bedroom. Here in your bedroom. Your mate. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. 
Uh, number 65, that was Here in Your Bedroom by Goldfinger! It's time to throw it to the man with the golden touch. The touch of gold. Is that what she says? Uh, I assume it's just just mostly gold. Talking about touching gold. The general jest is that he's got gold. (laughs) 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 All right, let's throw it to Adam Buncher, pro skater. Um, kick flip off on this one. What I do you really got? wish we were talking about that song from Tony Hawk's. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. let's just get that out of the way. We <laughs> we all wish that we were talking about Superman. So we can talk about the gnarliest combos that we ever had <laughs> oh. as Bobby Burnquist yeah, Tony yeah. Hawk's pro skater. Alyssa Steamer, baby. Really. Oh no, I was ruined Glyphberg. Because he had yeah. the crustier and it was way too overpowered. It was way. <laughs> but he also had the dark slide, man. I keep telling you, great yeah. grind. It's All just these a cool fucking young grind. people will be like, oh, I played his Ben Margera. Fuck you. <laughs> Did you, Fuck mate? You. He had some. He, his special was like a, is like a square one, though. It was only like a kickflip or something. Classic, yeah, oh, classic God. Bam. Yeah, yeah right. It would have been shit. It would have been almost as shit as getting a hardogram tattoo. Remember when everyone got hardogram tattoos? Fuck, we're regretting that now, aren't we? Him and announced their breakup just recently oh no <laughs> speaking wow. of regret speaking yeah of... <laughs> what do you take away from the band that has nothing <laughs> <laughs> everything everything you know him breaking up and Phil Valo's being replaced by Dame Shelley Bassett <laughs> you know I just I just thought it would be an interesting career change I don't know much about these gentlemen but they appear to be good rock and roll musicians hey that would I would listen to the hell out of that that would be incredible yeah. fucking yeah a love metal fucking cabaret record or some shit why the fuck not don't you've just you've just said it it's gonna happen oh, somewhere yeah. somewhere like an executive just sat bolt right up upright in bed and was like ah. <laughs> he's taken off his don't He's smoking the fattest fucking cigar you've ever fucking seen. (laughs) 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 So he's Wario. (laughs) 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 Alright, Adam, what you got? Yeah, well, it's been a while since I've really hated a song. Um, <laughs> and that's fun. Hating songs is really fun. So thank you, Goldfinger, for giving me this experience. This is not great. <laughs> yeah, it's not. <laughs> this is not great. I don't enjoy this. I don't enjoy the sounds that this song emits uh, vocally, musically, through instruments or voice. Uh, they're not appealing to me. And also the lyrics. It, it irks me in all kinds of ways. I'll start with the main bugbear I have. Oh, here we go. The vowel I... Right, that, that oh, dip, you mean, uh? that, that diphthong, right? That, <laughs> yeah. that, 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 that I, I, that doesn't stretch well, guy. When you're writing a song, maybe don't make one of the like the largest hooks of your song a sound that really shouldn't be stretched out, and then just like the way at the end that he like ha ha, it's like <laughs> oh, it shits me up the wall. <laughs> I just like that alone would break the song for me, but also like. Three key changes. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. That's normally like... that's normally so ridiculous that it would be a plus point, and it's not as if I'm that opposed to scar. It's just that there was a time for this kind of scar in the mid '90s, and it's like you know what? 
I think Fine, that's, I think that's that. yeah, that's kind of what I arrive at. I wasn't there for that. I don't have any nostalgic attachment to it. Uh, and so, like, dealing with it for the first time now, I mean, it's not the right time to deal with this song now for a start, but, like, it all kind of doesn't work. And even the, the message of the song, like, the story of the song, I kind of just cringe a little bit Well, at that's it. the thing like, for me. I Dude, maybe she wasn't that into you to start with. Maybe <laughs> it was just <laughs> a casual I'm thing. I'm probably fucking not. <laughs> well, and apparently, like, um, he actually wrote this song about a real situation, and he wrote it kind of just after it happens. He literally wrote it inside your in inverted commas bedroom, mm. not li- literally any of our bedrooms. He, so he, he, as you said, he wrote this like um, at nine a.m. and apparently he wrote it in eight minutes. The obvious thing for me to say here is, mate, imagine oh, if you took shock. ten. Yeah. Like, <laughs> imagine how much better it would have. Uh, yeah, but he says he, he wrote it all just in eight minutes, and uh, in his own words, it was inspired by all this passion and pent up crush energy um, about this girl, and he's wondering what's going to happen next. And it's, uh, it's, and it's not that. It's just, it's just so flattened. There's no depth to it. And it's just like, he's just kind of spewing feelings at me. Uh, it's, it's funny <laughs> to me to look at like, a, like the, those kinds of genre movements that have just not aged well at all. Like, oh, like, man. Like, there's a, there's a, there was a small amount of like disco revival, but actual like disco bangers, like just haven't done exist anymore. Kind of yeah. thing like that. Like, and like funk was appropriated into certain kinds of rock and in hip hop movements, but it's like straight up funk music's not really a thing anymore. And I think for oh, all that, it may, it may be soon because we're, we're edging very, very close to it kind of at the moment. Yeah, true. I guess yeah. with random access mm. memories, there was some of that disco sound yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh, oh, but oh, just yeah. like, I'm thinking more your, um, you kind of like the the soul the revival that's kind of yeah, coming true. through, yeah, and that, you know, cousin, yeah. the cousin being funk and yeah, definitely true. I don't know, um, but I think for I'm all our benefits, Scar hasn't really had that since the nineties. <laughs> very, very, very good because yeah. this is this sound. There's only so much that you can fucking do when a, like a seemingly mandatory part of your fucking output is like two chords on upstroke. So there's only so many variations yeah. of that possible <laughs> yeah, on a guitar. The guitarists That's have true. been so, easy in Scar, man. Yeah, like the fucking horn section's doing all the hard work. Yeah. They're like, the ones out there buying all the dicky shorts yeah. <laughs> and the pork pie hats. Yeah, the, pork pie hats. Yeah, yeah. the checkered vans. Yeah. The checkered vans. Yeah. The bowling shirts. <laughs> They're the ones grooming the goatees. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> we can all picture that guy. It looks like AJ Matter. Um, <laughs> um, Your mate. Shouts out. Third wave scar, or that, that kind of scar punk sound, has never really appealed to me, obviously. I'm an adult. Um, whatever. Hey, you weren't oh, always. I no. know you. I know you act like you were fucking born forty five. Oh, I, li- like, I, I like some juvenile dumb shit, but like yeah. this, this doesn't happen to fall into that. Um, it doesn't do what I like that nineties punk did. Like, as in, I like, have that fun, high energy feeling. It just like comes across as someone trying to ape that fun, high energy feeling to me. Mm-hmm. Or this is the genre as a whole. This song is just exemplary of it. It's just like, all right, Goldfinger, you go do your fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it <laughs> hardly think, with a Midas touch. <laughs> I think as far as stuff like this goes, I the the start is horrible. That really low energy and the vocals don't work at all until the song kicks in. But so I think this is like a sometimes skip and sometimes listen to track off. You know, Tony Hawk X or Punkarama, whatever kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, my big thing yeah. though, I I think the sort of central core idea of the song isn't necessarily bad, but it's just lacking any depth. Kind yeah, of like yeah. But I, I think that idea of, you know, what it's like to be in someone else's room when you can kind of switch off and be yourself and then the interplay of that relationship, that's good grounds for song. Like, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. some good stuff in there's there. There's that but... Beach Boy song in my room, which kind of deals with that. Yeah, right. But then, like, you compare this to um, songs that we've talked about by, say, like, Green Day, like Basket Case. This is missing any of that kind of clever insight into 
There's there's no like good lyrics in this song. It's a, it's not a bad idea, but there's nothing past the surface. There's something about the way that Green Day wrote all you know some of the, a lot of the songs on Dookie being about situations that are difficult and and personally related to Billy Joe, but he somehow managed to make it communal. Yeah, this isn't communal. This is just about this one dude catching feelings. But and... even then, like you said, you know, it's it, it's based off a real event. It doesn't feel like it has the specificity to match that. This could be. Yeah. Like a secondhand story. And I'd be he like, could, yeah, he, that makes sense because you haven't really offered any sort of detail that makes it sound yeah, like it's a real thing. He kind of hasn't let us in properly. Yeah. Or he hasn't. Yeah. It, it's very it's very nonspecific. Maybe because like it, it was one of these things where it did mean too much to him and you, you can't yeah, kind of find too the too much right to words, write a good. Like if it I, means I too know. much to write a good song about it, don't write a song about it. Don't yeah. be like, oh, I'm sure I can meet it halfway and. <laughs> It'll be fine. I'll write about a similar situation. I'll get that 65 to a in the hottest 100. That'll do. <laughs> and to be fair, it did do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess. It did. 65 higher than. Oh, wait, no. It's still more than I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> 65 higher. Also, though, 20 songs ago, we talked about um, Goldfinger by Ash. Yeah. So I look forward to hearing Ash by Here in Your Bedroom in 20 songs time. <laughs> That's going to be a great song. Just before we move on, does anyone know a little bit about uh, your mate and mine lead singer of Goldfinger, Mr. John Feldman? Mr. Feldman. Well, it's I mean, it's he... hard for me to know less. Now that I know, now that I know well, his name, I know what You might thing be about interested him. to know that when he is not picking it up, with with Goldfinger, uh, he is an acclaimed uh, pop punk and pop and rock producer. Oh yeah, he oh, has yeah. worked on albums uh, by such hottest one hundred alum as Blink One Eighty Two, Good Charlotte, and uh, Panic at the Disco. He's no. also yeah he no. also yeah he's also what did he do for Panic? He produced their album Vices and Virtues. Ah okay yeah true sense. story. <laughs> He's also now famous with tweens because he worked on the Five Seconds of Summer album. Ah. No shit. The record it Sounds Good, Feels Good, which I'm believing is kind of ironic, maybe. <laughs> it came out in 2015. <laughs> but yeah, oh man, this list is just... It's its one of the most bizarre lists of bands. Like, all-time low, Avicii, fucking, uh, uh, mm. fucking Black Veil Brides, Escape the Fate, Papa Roach... He worked on a Papa Roach record, people. You know we're dealing with fucking all He didn't greatness. want to. It was just his last resort. Ah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Hey. Losing my sight. Losing my mind. <laughs> Plain White Tees, Say of Sin. Look, I The mean, Veronicas? Hey. The Veronicas? Veron- yeah, on Hook Me Up, their 2007 album. That's a pretty good track. Betray You, Hilary Duff. Mm. Fucking the this story This is quite a year. resume. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, He's got the job. It's, it's weird. Hey, it's like... It's like when you find out, like, someone who had, like, a minor thing ages ago is now, like, super into something else. I, I mm. found out recently that um the guy from the guy from Semisonic, Closing Time, yep. that yeah, band. You don't have to see, like, I know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know. These guys might not. Oh, no, um, I know. I worked, <laughs> I worked on commercial radio. You know who you want to take <laughs> you home. Yeah. Um, he went on to have another fucking six. He, he co-wrote Someone Like You by Adele. Whoa. Huh. Yeah, no Whoa. shit. I know, right? So, like, he's doing fine. It's, it's just like, you wonder whatever happens to some of these, yeah. like, minor one-hit wonder dudes. And it's just like, then you find out. It's just like, oh, In- shit. Invariably, they're doing better than you. Yeah, way better than you <laughs> yeah, ever like, fucking Well, suspected. at least I don't have, a, like, a depressing career where I could have been big and now I'm just, like, a washed-up dude. You're like, oh, right. They're all right, they co-wrote oh, someone like you. Oh, yeah, oh okay, yeah, right. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh yeah. they 
they're they're a molecular biologist. All oh, right, is, is, is that their family? They look beautiful. Huh. Yeah, they look so, really happy yeah. in their photo. I, I think that's, John, that's really yeah. hopeful. I think I, I like hearing about people having kind of a second life outside of the one thing. Hundred percent. You know, like it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a wonderful even, kind of story. Even your mate. You know yeah, what? Even Feldy from fucking Goldfinger, even, who's now a fucking hero to fucking tweens around the world as a forty-nine-year-old man. Power to him. You know, I I hope that if I ever write a terrible song, that I'm afforded the same chances in life. Live and let live. In uh, uh, actually, it was live and let die. That's two Bond themes. <laughs> hey! Hey! I guess we'll oh, die another oh. day. <laughs> Good lord, that was a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> number sixty-four. This is Womba Lombo with Womba Lombo. Womba Lombo. At number Wombolombo in the Wombolombo Hottest 100 with Wombolombo. Mac, Wombolombo? Wombolombo. Angelique Kijo is the artist <laughs> yeah, of the song. I, I think you're yeah. fine to pronounce Wombolombo. <laughs> um, like everything? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think what's amazing about this, like for how much active blackness, particularly African blackness, this yeah. song packs into like three and a half minutes, it's still so, so pop friendly. Like it's groovy, like normalized, sensible pop, but it has this interesting undercurrent of flavor behind everything that Kijo brings to the thing. I'm just sounding like, even without seeing a video or hearing the name Angelique Kijo, like you know that this carries a huge amount of like African tribal rhythm and like that sensibility of grooviness. She does it so fantastically and it's just like, one of of those like obvious examples of like, yep, African blackness is rhythmically superior to everything else. Like it's just like, (laughs) she dominates it. Like she kills it so much with the composition of this and Obviously, I really, really enjoyed this song. This was a fantastically out of left field, weird pop tune. And like for all that we've spoken about, about like, like oh, how we've not really, because people, we're, we're more sensible than this. We have people complain about, oh, Triple J has gone too poppy now, blah, blah, blah. If anything, no, shut up, whatever. Um, <laughs> but one thing I will say <laughs> is that like, <laughs> classic Facebook argument, someone writes something and then I write like a 400 response and then control A delete and then write, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, like, like one thing I will say, like, the Hostel 100 has certainly become more, 
like Western and normy. Yeah. Like le- mm. less, I, more, I, guess, I guess narrower, whiter. Not that necessarily like, there was a fantastic smattering of non-white artists in the most recent 100, for example. Like there yeah. were some really wonderful and indeed banging tunes from non-white artists. Something more countdowns should always have represented. But like it's certainly, narrower is the right thing. And I guess more westernized white. Like mm. yeah, it's unfathomable of me to expect a song of this much wonderful like African feeling to be in a contemporary Rose 100 um, and I think that's a I'm not sure if that speaks to the music industry or programming or just the collective zeitgeist in an internet world where people are less likely to look outside of their own culture to find and consume music but I do think it's a bit of a loss because I think this was a wonderful wonderful song to have in a, in a countdown like it's just, it, it's, it feels like an outside of the park suggestion for, for so many people to have voted for but I'm really glad people did because this is terrific it's easy to like memify Wombolombo because it is fun <laughs> but like it's meant to be fun it's meant to be dancey yeah, and like that's it. when she sings it and when the baritone bass sing it it's heaps enjoyable yeah, yeah. oh I hell got, yeah got down with this as a surprising pop banger yeah but I think just picking up on what you were saying about um, you know how this kind of doesn't happen anymore I think that's part of the joy of Kidjo is that she really was an artist who managed to bring as you said like an unapologetic African sound and African feeling to pop music yeah. and combine those two worlds incredibly successfully especially on I believe this album which was the the whole FIFA. kind of FIFA and the whole the whole point of this album as far as I can tell was to was to really pair those yeah she know, for a, this album she thing. Yeah. the sort of base was she traveled around Benin That's and it. gathered and recorded traditional rhythms to form the base of the song yeah that's terrific. pretty cool that yeah. because sense. she is a pop artist she just yeah. happens to be you know from africa so yeah, exactly like, yeah she's a pop artist y- yeah, yeah 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 she's she is a successful pop artist from africa who you know broke through and got exposure like i think that's kind of what it is her pop sensibilities are incredible yeah she's so good it's so fun it's so dancey yeah like and awesome. the elements that she's playing with, like the G-Funk synth coming in there, <laughs> yeah. like as soon as that hit, I was like, oh, oh yeah, good, yeah. She's just like, she's just working with a, a, a wider palette than everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think because it's so out of your wheelhouse, you don't really know how to analyze it the way you would like your usual kind of deals, right? Which is fantastic. Like uh, to be confounded yeah, like, in that way is really great. To have something that kind of challenging is really, really cool to have, you know, because like... I, I am one of those people, as is well documented, that quote unquote likes everything. But like world music is like not really something that I go to like voluntarily all that often because it's a weird and ill-defined kind of yeah. subsection. Yeah, of you music. know what I mean when I yeah, say. Yeah, it. I, no, oh, no. I totally do. But it's yeah, that thing it's a term it, that people use. Last it's just, year, it's weird. I can't remember if it was Kev Carmody or a different Indigenous singer songwriter was entered into. I don't know if it was the Arias or something, uh, but an Australian music award thing as world music yeah right. and it's just like cool so there's oh, that might have been gurmal yeah it might have yeah, been gurmal right, actually right, right. it's like there's something a little bit wrong with that oh yeah, yeah. that it's, classification it's system yeah what, what what people say and like the thing is i don't mind some <laughs> world music there was a period in high school where i was i remember going to the library and regularly borrowing world music series just to yeah, try right. and increase my palette pretty cool of you. and yeah, it's I, way more than what i was doing at that age <laughs> i was listening and to the mars volta so i was listening <laughs> to switchfoot you know um, and I remember just thinking, it, like realizing at the time, it's like, all oh, right. So what they mean by world music is, I just mean any music that has 
Asia African sensibility. Okay, like because there's nothing intrinsically more world about music from like Namibia than there is about music from like rural Scandinavian countries. They're both sure. equally out of my fucking wheelhouse, yep. and they could sound completely fucking different. But like, and you'd never see Scandic music like that called world music. That would just be like, oh yeah, Scandinavian rock. But like. All of Africa, that's just one homogenized world music zone. And that's like... That's Africa the, is a country. Africa is a country. That whole, yeah, that insanity that people still like to perpetuate. <laughs> it's it's such a hangover yeah. of like a, a weird homogenization for the sake of marketing. Yeah, well, like it's it's like truly a weird hangover from like the homogenization of like the dark continent. Yeah. Like of yeah, like... Yeah. Yeah, like I love Heart of Darkness as a book, but like shut the fuck up, Conrad. <laughs> <laughs> Take him down a peg. I'm the first person thing. to ever call you racist. <laughs> but but also like I just I, I also feel like the, with this song in particular, it, it sounds so similar to a lot of the other stuff that was being done. I get a real Michael slash Janet Jackson feel. It's super accessible. Like it's mm. it's do, it carries with. It carries with it elements that you would expect to kind of be challenging or or unfamiliar, but it's placed in a context where it's just kind of like, no, this is it's just pop. It's just wonderful, fun pop. It's it's immediately enjoyable, even though I don't quite know what it is. Yeah, if you yeah. didn't, if you I didn't don't know have... what the lyrics say. I like, I, I, yeah. but I still enjoy it as much as if I, you yeah. Know. Because per- their personal sledges about you and your family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Could you imagine? Like, it's like, oh, this is nice. Go to Google Translate. What the fuck? Bro? <laughs> How did you know that? My mum can't help that. All right, <laughs> Jesus, kid Joe. That's so. Hey, my uncle said that taking it out of context. He, <laughs> he really likes them. Wamba Lombo. Wamba Lombo. Number 63, this is Bad Religion with Punk Rock Song. What did they fuck? Religion, punk rock song, 63, 1996, hardest 100, Nathan Harrison. This is a really weird Bad Religion song, I think. Um, I is think it? It's just a few years past their heyday of... Yeah, that's it. And it's, it's a little, maybe not nondescript, but the main refrain is this is just a punk rock song, which is kind of a little nonspecific for Bad Religion. But I kind of, I mean, for someone who's not initiated into Bad Religion, I hear that and I kind of go like, this is a punk rock band that's been doing it for a while and seeing that their music is ineffectual and kind of just being frustrated at themselves. Yeah. You yeah, know what it, I mean? it, it, it knows it's choir preaching. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's and right. And also, yeah. um, this is a point where uh, Brett Gurewitz has left the band, potentially not on the best of terms, to go and run Epitaph. Meanwhile, Bad Religion are continuing on a major label, which is always a weird thing for a punk band to be doing. Mm. And so like a lot of bands we talked about, like a lot of grunge bands, I think this is a period where Bad Religion are kind of like, we need to evaluating. You know, define ourselves. It's literally called punk rock songs. So I think this does a lot of that. But the, I feel like there's so much uh, kind of Ouroboros 
ideas eating ideas in that. Yeah, and I think yeah. even in even in calling it a punk rock song and having the the lyrics be what they are, um, saying you know it's written for the people who can see something's wrong and whatever. Like, but but still, just you know, just is the key word yeah, there. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, I think Try, um, you're trying to affect change, and but not necessarily b- believing that you will, but also knowing that it's a business. But also, I mean, it, it, like punk rock at this time is a complicated game. It is, especially if you want to try and There's stay a lot true. Of money in it, especially if you're like obviously intelligent and thoughtful as these as this band is. Something you've talked about before. You've said that Bad Religion mm-hmm. to you is an incredibly intelligent punk band and i can kind of get that even though i've only listened to now two songs of this um i can kind of get that feeling as well so i can see how that frustration would result in what i think is quite a humble self-deprecating song yeah definitely. Yeah, it is yeah. It, it's funny that the two bad religion songs we've spoken about are relatively mid-tempo numbers like presently as a person i'm going through a bit of a punk resurgence in my own interests and there's oh, cool. a lot of punk music at the moment because of trump say what you will about Thanks trump but he's Mama. making yeah. punk rock great again <laughs> um yeah, i was really listening to uh, i recently did a like over a week or so, listen to the majority of Bad Religions discog just out of like nostalgia and also interest. Um, and like their earlier material, it's so fast, so fast. It's like particularly Suffer and particularly No Control are like some of the fastest, most exciting hardcore mm. punk music. From Seventeen the 80s tracks, thirty-five minutes, kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, 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 or indeed like That's blistering. Yeah, Eighteen tracks and twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. It's just like ridiculously fast, but still like verse, chorus, verse, chorus music. Like, yep. yeah, and I've always loved them. And at this period after after Brett left, like being the co-lead songwriter with vocalist Greg Graffin, obviously like they did suffer during that period where they were signed to Atlantic. And without Greg, thankfully he's back in the band now. And so this is like a few years after their heyday and a few years before their comeback. But I still think like, like maybe because Greg's songwriting is rooted in a kind of a folk sensibility as yeah. well. He has a couple mm-hmm. of, so- of folks music solo records and like they have a country and Western kind of feel to them. And Gre- Brett, he hasn't really got solo records, but the music he's done outside of Bad Religion has still always been quite fast, energetic. He runs a punk label. Yeah. like he's And he's a businessman as much as like, it's kind of confounding to to say like, well, punk and business are similar because they're not on that level, but they're both, it's like get things done. This is the objective. We have to solve this. This is the problem. Let's do it. And there's a sensibility of that with Brett's songwriting that has that kind of high intensity of like that. And Greg being an academic where he takes a more lethargic and meandering approach to around things where he right. kind of processes things in a different way. And these, oh, this is very academic. But, like, yeah, that's yeah, perhaps good, I'm that's just drawing like, uh, like, Drawing line. This is no, my it's... Charlie Day. Like, there's all connected people on the wall here. <laughs> Pepe moment. Silver, Pepe Silver. Yeah. <laughs> but like, the, I, I do think that, like the sensibility of these two men are easy to read in the way that they compose songs as well. And this is a very like as much as it is a kind of a mid-tempo and like self-referentially throwaway song. Expi- not, not not written to affect change, but it's written for people who already know that there's something wrong. Mm. It's, it's it's almost like a Joe, but they're fans in a way. Like mm. this is just a punk rock True. song. It's written for people who say something's wrong. Like ants in a colony, we do our share, but there's so many other insects out there like we're getting I, our job done yeah there's only really, so much we can do yeah. that to me is a really that that line the the other ants and other robots yeah. lines mm. I love I love yeah. those mm. because mm. to me like that is an element of punk rock and I suppose folk uh, the way that you recognise other people you're right it's getting something done if there's a clear target yeah. and there's it's for people and yeah, specific is, people it, 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 yeah, the, the um I guess the ultimate of that would be the 80s UK band Crass they got really upset because they spent like 
18 months were like touring and working on this one album and they released the album and in that period the Falklands had been invaded and they just like so we didn't have a political response to the Falklands being invaded on this record oh. and I thought that then they were like we have to change our recording approaching it things are really quick and make them more like statements and articles and manifestos so they come out at a rapid pace that can be always responding to the environment in which it's created in mm. and I think that's a really fucking like yeah like not all bands should take that approach obviously but I'm oh, really yeah. glad that at least one band and I'm sure certain bands do it they do it as well and that's really cool um, and that's so off the topic of this song which is more of a lethargic middle-aged punk thing as much Bad Religion have always sounded like a middle-aged bunch yeah. of dudes even though like <laughs> even when they were like 20 and they make like yeah Bad Religion sound... have always been old as fuck yeah, yeah. right yeah but this uh, song I, I've always had a huge amount of affinity for actually like as much as it is kind of middle of the road in terms of tempo and kind of self-referential well it's like, still yeah, faster I mean, than yeah. the majority of like yeah, true. Yeah, songs yeah. it's only middle of the road for that. a punk yeah, song 10% plays yeah. up to yeah. that but I love it I like Greg's very voice very self-aware yeah Greg, Greg's yeah. voice always works for me his oh it's so got, good like, awesome kind of baritone anger to his yeah. voice that I really adore Gravelly, yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah what I said about Goldfinger is it's like yeah well it doesn't sound good this sounds really good yeah. like you know like some, song, some songs are great because you know they have a lot going on some songs are great because they sound good. This kind of got both. Yeah. So it's successful. But like the harmonies are really nice. That's it. The, like, the energy's I mean, still there. Like his voice is so cool. There's so much charisma present. I felt that charisma as well when we talked about 21st Century Digital mm, Boy. And yeah, I think yeah. like in many ways it's a very similar song in structure and in sound. But I don't think that's a problem because I, they they both sound yeah, good. Yeah, exactly. Good yeah, I, th- I, I probably like going to the lyrics being a little bit overly critical to compensate because it's hard to be objective about bad religion you know when you well, or any band where you love any band that you've loved for like yeah. half of your life yeah, kind yeah. of thing um but yeah it's still a super fun song it's fast the harmonies are great there are a lot of really good lines in there like it's still a great song the thing I've always been drawn to about Bad Religion is the fact that they do have that kind of disparity of, you know, having really loud, fast, aggressive songs, but also then randomly coming in with, like, these queen-level harmonies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> fuck the system, fuck the system! Like, Where the fuck did that come from? That was, like, really good. Like, it's weird to, like, talk about, like, technical proficiency in, in, in punk, which has always kind of... You know, mm. at least originally prided itself on being like, yeah, fuck, I know three chords and shit. You know, that classic story about fucking Let Me Kill Mr. Teaching bass to a guy and then being like, dude, you can't fucking play. Like, we've <laughs> we've been having lessons for like three weeks straight and you can't fucking do it. And then the guy calls him up a week later and is like, guess what? I'm in the Sex Pistols. It was Sid Vicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wild. Yeah, right? Uh- <laughs> Uh, that's something that I, I find really fascinating about Bad Religion, the fact that they are as socially and politically aware as any band and, you know, can go as hard and fast as any band out there, but they also know their way around big choruses and, you know, big vocal harmonies and, like, having start, like good, really good hooks that stick mm. in your head, like... With any great Bad Religion song, you can um, remember that chorus, like, instantly, you know? And you can fucking yeah. index finger along to it as, as long as you goddamn please, you know what I mean? True. And obviously this song is mm. is no exception to that. So, um, yeah. No, it's, it's always strange when, like, stuff that is outside of, you know, what we perceive to be the Triple J bubble getting in. You yeah. know, remember yeah. the first time we were just like, Bad Religion got in? Like, seriously? <laughs> okay. Especially with, you know, with, with, you know, Green Day and, and all the sort of new 90s pop punk bands coming through. Yeah. It's really cool to see some of the old guard of punk yeah. find some success here and there as yeah, well. Yeah, like, totally, really cool. totally. Plenty more where that came from. So uh, I guess we'll, uh, we'll kick flip our way onto that one when we get there. <laughs> 
Sorry, just uh, doing my, my vocal warm-ups. Yeah! 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 Ooh, yeah! That's that one. That last one. Yeah. <laughs> that, that gets me. Well, obviously, it's pretty clear who we're talking about next. Yep, at number 62, it's the return of Frank Bennett. Whenever you fall. No, no, no. This is Metallica with Hero of the Day. Sixty-two. That was Wombolombo. Sorry, Metallica. Uh, with Hero of the Day. Fuck that Wombolombo is still sucking my goddamn head. As it should. Be. As it should be. <laughs> it's a good place for it uh, to be. Well, Metallica. Okay, so uh, we're I'm here. Ta- yeah, we're, we're finally, here. finally, we're finally here. here. Let's talk about the ticker. Yeah, <laughs> so we are going to be cool. <laughs> I brought the, the ticker. The, the ticker is the liquor. It is the liquor, isn't it? <laughs> the it liquor. The liquor. Who calls on the liquor? Well, no I think one. Two people in this room, at least. <laughs> I Not think a if, fucking song. If you name your band the genre of music you play, and then put the word liquor after that <laughs> genre, you are inviting me to call you the liquor. <laughs> Pay attention, rock liquor and pop liquor, <laughs> soul liquor, free jazz liquor. <laughs> Perfect. You know what's really funny? It is. It, it's only at that moment, this moment that we're having now, this you present, this present metal moment. is in. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, it's because Metallica has like it's it's been a word that I've said for so long. Like, of course, they're a metal band, but mm. I I always it that's just the name click. of their. It's like it's like when you uh, just don't connect. when it reoccurs to you just how bad a name Radiohead is for a band. Like you're like oh or when you Radiohead like that's yeah, terrible. Yeah. We we just or when did you that for that everyone. The Beatles is a pun. <laughs> yeah, I brought up uh, how um, when we've been talking about. Uh, vintage Australian bands such as Hunters and Collectors, Midnight Oil, and the Oils, ACDC, Hunters, DACA, the DAC, yeah, De Caesar, El <laughs> Caesar, De Caesar, De Caesar, the very same. <laughs> but we we're talking about how, like, we're talking about these bands well past their peak, and uh, now we get to take that shit international with a band that, uh, quote unquote, sold out in the start of the 90s and <gasps> spent the rest of the 90s as one of heavy metal's most divisive bands. Mm, well we come to uh, the the peak of that. They cut off all their beautiful hair. I love that that, they that grew, was a thing. They fucking they, grew they... handlebar moustaches <laughs> and started wearing cowboy hats and they made two albums back-to-back called Load and Reload. This is off Load and we're going to throw to Mr. Adam Buncher, the short-haired 90s metal kid. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. True. It's weird, hey, because like, this is the Metallica I grew up on. Yeah. Which, yeah. 
Like the well, first Metallica song I ever heard was The Unforgiven 2. That's which weird. is a really huh. fucking weird one to oh, come yeah. in on. Their work at this point, the, the point that I jumped in, being very much post-load and reload, yeah. was, uh, you know, like it was interwoven with their earlier material, you know, because when you're getting into a band, and I, especially at the time that I was getting into a band, I was Napster. I was getting individual tracks. Yeah. So to me, like getting into in, getting into Metallica was very much a track by track kind of thing. It was it was piece by piece, and so I didn't really have a sense of their albums or them as being a band that changed. They just had a lot of different sounds to me. Mm. And you know, the beautiful thing about that is that I I, I didn't really my ear was still developing when I was getting into Metallica in high school mm. as well. So like I. I really loved hearing the guitar work and the energy and stuff in the load and reload stuff, nonetheless. And I and I still appreciated the kind of pop sensibilities that it had. Yeah, if, if, you if know? the first Metallica song you heard was Saint Anger, even you wouldn't be like, no, no, this no. is awful. You'd be like, oh, this, is angry, <laughs> this is angry guitar music. It's unbelievable. We're going to get to talk about a cut from Saint Anger. Yeah, like, yeah. at yeah. some point, the title track. Oh, oh God! Just I, they recorded the music video in a prison, <laughs> in a prison. which is where they should have been sent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you and good night. But I didn't hate Saint Anger at the time. Because it was new Metallica, I was there for it. And also, like Mm. I was in, I was in a group of friends who all love Metallica. It was a band that we all kind of got together and really, really rallied around. And even though we had kind of somewhat. D- uh, different music tastes within the group like it was a really common meeting ground because there was such variety in their sound at that time and because you know we were all just getting into music and I think that this is Metallica in a lot of ways is a band that I feel like you it's a gate you pass through when you're going through music because they're monolithic like totally they're, if, if no one knows any other metal bands they still know Metallica and I think yeah as a concept at least exactly and I, you know I actually think that the load and reload period is part of the reason for that because it did bring them into uh, a different light and towards a different audience um, and it did different things for them. I am talking as much as I possibly can about every other factoid about (laughs) this album and song so I don't have to evaluate it. Full disclosure... Because it's really hard. <laughs> you don't love the song. Well, I don't know. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Uh, it's like pre, um, pre the Enlightenment, before we could empirically know things. That's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of yeah. gets me to that point. Like it kind of. It would have been great to have been a peasant in that period. I'm like, man, I can't wait for the Enlightenment. It will, it, will, it will be very good. And then one day somebody wakes up and they're like, I'm going to invent the Enlightenment. Yeah. <laughs> so do you know how this works? Not yet, but soon we will know things. Give me a minute. Give yeah. me a minute. <sighs> but I got, but I got to, you got but to. I, do but you, I got to. Do you want me to? No, no, no. I, I'll let, at least let me have a try, and then you can come in, and then maybe if I agree with you in part, I'll just be like, yeah, when that's you it. agree with me. Well, <laughs> I don't know whether this is a good or a bad song. All I know is that it features James Hetfield. Like this is a song sung by James Hetfield. It's just kind of like every time, like seriously, every time my brain goes towards some kind of. Some kind of evaluation, it just gets out of the way, like, (laughs) and it's just, it's just just James Hetfield. It's neither good nor bad. It's just (laughs) Hetfield. Um, Like it's, I mean, like there's, there's a, there's a sentimentality going on in this song. Surely, surely, and definitely did put off a lot of people who were fans of Metallica's earlier thrash work when it came through. Um, You know, like. Mama, they try and break me is is saccharine, really. <laughs> like when it comes down to it, uh, Hetfield has said that Mama. he. This, Mama, <laughs> this song is uh, is kind of about like parents letting down their kids, like hmm. not. You're saying you know, the kids today don't have decent role models. 
Gothic Metallica <laughs> crowd. They listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> they, 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 they listen. They they left alone to listen to evil music like us. <laughs> um, like the thing is, like I, I'm like <laughs> I don't know that much about Metallica, but I can tell that this is like. It's oh, earnest. Like they mean what they're saying, it's, but it's it's, 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 it's it's oddly major key, optimisticy. Like, it, but then the it hero goes, of the day. Yeah, and then it goes like into this, you know, the, the Metallica part. It's almost like contractually obliged. The, the second half, they can't the just write half a ballad. is better than the first half. Is Maybe it? it's yeah. weird. Whoa! What the hell? <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't know. Like, I can't. I can't sort this out. Like, I can't make heads or tails of it. I just there's an endearing quality that I have to hearing James Hetfield be so James Hetfield because it, to me it's so it's lacking in all kinds of self awareness that he's singing this song in that way. Like, it's never a choice that you would make. If you had any other option available to you to sing this song, you wouldn't sing it like that. But he doesn't. And he doesn't know that he... And he's, he's just him. He's just, he can't help but be James Hetfield. And so he's just Hetfielding the fuck out of this beast. And Metallica's Metallica-ing the fuck out of this. And they don't know how to be any other way. And, like, because that's... They totally did, though. This is so different to fucking what Metallica but was. But it's still the idea ineffably of Metallica. was. I know, like, I know. It, it just changed It doesn't so make sense. Strange. It's, a, it's yeah. a complete paradox, and that's why I can't brain with it. So, <laughs> uh, I... It's exhausting, yeah. um, but but like that's that is to say that I I do actually have a certain amount of confounding fun listening to this song. It's not like the way I enjoy any other music. Seriously, um, it's just listening to Metallica play here of the day. I don't fucking. Know. I, 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 I knew I was going to struggle with this. this. I think you've done very well. Adam. Thank you. You want to go ahead and sure. I'll tell you whether. <laughs> Okay, um, well, look, I mean, we're four seasons in. I'd be surprised if anybody didn't have a fairly good idea of what I thought about Metallica. <laughs> or could really. guess. Yeah, yeah. We literally have never talked about Metallica. Oh, no, but, they no, could but sure I've talked about music, so. <laughs> I feel like. That, that Musica. said, I. <laughs> music. 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 I don't mind this as much as I thought I would when I saw that we would be talking about the liquor. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, it's like, obviously, they can do a big rock ballad pretty well. They have the skills and the tools that you need to make a big song like that. I don't particularly enjoy any of the parts of it, but it's like, I can tell that this song is doing what they want it to do. Whether that's what they should be doing um, is questionable in, in the line of them as a, you know, their history as a band and what they owe their fans at this point or whatever. But, okay, yeah. And I kind of find the ending the least interesting part just because it just goes back to Metallica. It's like, oh, okay, we're here. And obviously the vocals and whatever. But like, I, yeah, I don't, I didn't mind this as much as I thought I would. Honestly, I like, I think it's pretty okay, but like it's so it's not made for me at all, and I, can, I don't think it's made for Metallica fans either. So like, mm. I, I don't know who they were shooting for with this. That's a, that's Is kind of the thing Metallica? as well. Yeah, and that's fine. Yeah. Bands doing stuff exclusively for themselves is how you get great Metallica works like Lulu. Because <laughs> 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 sometimes you got to be the table. <laughs> Okay, 
table liquor. <laughs> on on them, like, writing and producing music as well, like, uh, Load and Reload, it's, it's worth noting, were kind of written at the same time. You'd hope um, so. They, yeah. They, yeah. Can, you, can, you, can you imagine a band taking, like, can a six-year <laughs> gap and then calling the album Re the Last Album? <laughs> like, mm. Yeah, they, they were intending to release it as a double album, which I think would have been just war. Just amazing, <laughs> because oh, yeah. I love double albums at the best of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let alone a reinvention. Shout out to regu- our regular like... double album champion out here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we call you Double Deej. <laughs> <laughs> but they d- ended up splitting it because they wanted to spend more time with Reload. Uh, to... Yeah, just to is, really... is that a feeling that anyone else had about Reload? Or... <laughs> just to really nail the ooh, yeah, is. Are they the album covers with the the blood and the spoof? That is, yeah, baby. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah, uh, the, the guy's name is... Uh, I have it here. Who came on the glass. I, uh, I, I'm dying to know. <laughs> what is the Nirvana baby up to now? Like, <laughs> what is the spoof on the glass guy up to now? No, no, no. That's what he's up to. <laughs> like fucking the Nirvana guy is just spoofing on fucking Metallica albums. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> All right. If you're making an album and you're like, we want to get... The Nirvana baby, who is now a, a man, to cut well, no, he's not. He's like six at this point. Isn't he? Don't worry. <laughs> shut it down. Andres Serrano yeah. is the name of the artist mm. um, who, yes, indeed, combined his own blood and semen between two sheets of perspex, and that is what you're seeing on the cover of Load. Mm. Only if I look at it, <laughs> I, I've enjoyed looking at it significantly less since I found that out. What it was? Oh. Yeah, because when you're growing up, you just think, "Oh, flames! Fuck yeah!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It ain't. It ain't flames. That was it ain't like, flames, it's, it's so babe. obviously semen too. Like yeah. it's just you can tell. You can just tell it's not. Yeah. You can't when you're seven, yeah. which is what I was. What he had come blood. Like there yeah. it is. Yeah. Like oh my oh. god, I'm coming blood. Do you though for this song? Oh god, no. Okay, good. Good. Oh come on. <laughs> of course, this is shit. It was always going to be shit. Like it's blood, blood and blood semen. Of Christ, yeah. <laughs> what does that? What do you call them? Oh yes, nostalgia goggles. They they do something uh, for a couple of songs. Uh, Namely, and the Unforgiven 2 because it was the first Metallica song I ever heard, which mm. again is fucking weird. That's weird, man. But you know, I'm a 90s kid, baby! <laughs> not this song. Not this shit. Not, the, not any shit off this. There's some truly, truly terrible stuff off on this record. People have like come to it like, you know, 15, 20 years later and just been like, was it as bad as we all said it was? And everyone is just like, ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it fucking was. <laughs> oh, your time hasn't been good to it, but oh, I think... Oh, no! But I think like the... No. <laughs> the separation at least has led me to the weird point that I've got to, which is yeah. not unenjoyable. It's just, this, what's going on? Yeah, it's just, it's just <laughs> like, all these metal bands are doing weird shit in the 90s. Fucking Slayer were like, slowly verging into that whole new metal kind of like Dayglo <laughs> kind of shit and that was that was fun that was their midlife crisis you know whereas Metallica went to fucking cowboy hats and handlebar moustaches so you know just fucking live your truth I guess, I they, guess. I guess they can all be zingers yeah <laughs> well, the, thing, the thing was though that like thrash metal was definitely on a decline oh yeah so 100%. You, you couldn't just by this keep point on... it's not even on a decline it's they had to dead. go somewhere yeah 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 this, you had it's, to... it's, yeah it's 10 years old at this point That's right? and that's the thing that like I think needs to be you know considered you know with, with some degree of kindness for this kind of decision yeah. that Metallica made to change at this time is that they couldn't make master remaster of puppets <laughs> remaster oh my god that would have been huge and i think as as someone 
that really has witnessed Metallica from the outside <laughs> and with very little interest. Uh, but the decisions they made in the 90s, like you said, that, that made them so de- de- divisive, divisive yeah. are part of why they are the, the monolith that they are today. I think That's if they true. were a successful thrash band that then kind of went away, they would be this sort of classic thing. And metalheads would love and that them, would be but the end no of one it. else would know and them. And no one would even he- have heard of them. Yeah, yeah but, but yeah, everyone like the Black knows... Black Album like, elevated them yeah. to like, arena yeah. status. Yeah. Yeah, like and kind they, of kept them there. Like, they they are, never really went away. Hey? No, yeah, that's, 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 right. that's, that's where they are now. Yeah, yeah. and right. I, I think I think their bad and weird decisions that didn't work are part of what helped them get to that point. I, in particular, I know that I'm the kind of person who, when bands do something bizarre or out of left field, like academically, they're I'm angling like, for you. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're angling they're, for people. They've like got a picture me. of you in the yeah, marketing room. Like, like, we want the Andrew. <laughs> But, but they're angling this people. This is the Andrew. Like they like me. weird like, shit. Yeah, but that's and like when bands do do something that's a bit like, like that ostensibly alienates their core fan base. I love like the idea of it. But then when like if I was a Metallica fan, this is a huge number of steps for me to take. <laughs> if I was a, like a metalhead and a Metallica fan, and then maybe this, al- this album or this these kind of sounds, <laughs> it'd be weird for me to then be like, oh well, like, yeah, they should always explore not just retread ground, but they wish they wish they had made a better record. Like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it is fascinating to see bands go through like kind of midlife crises. Yeah. Because they're either going to fucking survive or they're going to completely fucking perish, you know? And it's mm. better than diminishing returns. Yeah, yeah that's, true. that's true. That's true. Here's the question. Okay. Would you like this song, anyone in this room, if you had no context as to who Metallica were? And what they were doing at this point, like so, that, I think that's why I liked Unforgiven too, yeah. just because I liked the song in particular as a kid. I didn't know anything about the band until like I started reading up, and it was just like, yeah, oh wow, they've been around forever. I would like it far less. You reckon? Yeah. If, yeah, I, if I was like if I was hearing this for the first time, I don't think I would. I th- I, I think I'd like it as much as I like it now. Okay. You know there is there is a huge sentimental attachment that I still yeah. have to them because of what they were to me of in course. high school. Yeah. yeah! <laughs> At number 61, this is Death Effects with I'll Be Your Magic. Good, you're practicing your calm voice. Australian industrial rock band. <laughs> that is a song called I'll Be Your Magic. It came in at number 61 in the 1996 Hottest 100. Yeah, cool. Anyway, anyone want to tell me what the fuck we just fucking listened to? <laughs> what are you Jesus start? fucking Christ. Can they just fuck off? Oh, fuck me. I can't fucking stand this fucking band. Oh, we went out to fucking Bushdoofs and had fucking multicolored dreads. Fuck me! Christ on a fucking bike. This is just the most vapid 
shitty bullshit. Like, I'd forgive all of it. Literally all of it if it wasn't so fucking boring. They're just, they're just fucking yammering away over a fucking drum machine that probably costs like 20 bucks. Oh, with those fucking just... Just those fucking awful, droney, shitty vocals and that fucking nasty, fart-sounding synthesizer. Oh, I cannot fucking stand them. I'm really just hoping to fucking Christ all fucking mighty that this is the last time we have to fucking deal with this shit. I'm just gonna fucking leave it there because there is nothing more I can say on the matter. Fuck Def FX. The- Who gives a fuck? This oh is my by God. far the best FFF song we've heard, right? And yeah. it's still shit. No, I don't know. I don't think... You think one oh, of you the reckon others people enjoy Donkeys? Was better? God, I, I, I must because I just... I just don't... Like, this song is a joke to oh, me. Oh, it's rubbish. Like, I'm not saying it's not rubbish, but I, no, I no, definitely no, yeah. think it's the least bad. I, I think it's the, the most professional and put together of Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I did, well, I mean, what are the other... The other choices are Masses Like Asses or Psychoactive Summer. Yeah. Yeah. I even forgot Ooh. about that. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. I would probably go people like donkeys. I think if you, if I had to choose, you don't. So it's okay. uh, I know. I'm glad. Honestly, this like this is obviously not great, but like I think this is a fairly middle of the road techno rock song. Yeah, I, like until I until I start paying a lot of attention to it, it's pretty inoffensive. Thank it's you, just like keep it at arm's yeah, length. It's I'm like oh yeah, there's a beat and some like it's 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 fine. And then no, like the more you and then dig, I listen to it, it and it's like oh this is this yeah. is bad. Um, Are you referring to the? Um, wild mushroom woman line. Oh yeah, the, like the let, yeah, the, let like the snake bite you. The line. switching oh. from passively listening and not picking up on the lyrics to actively listening and seeing what the lyrics are. Not a good choice to make. And it's like, of course, it's spelt magic. M A M A J I C K. Because it's like real uh, fucking like trippy and shit, man. You know. Li- okay, uh, listen. I don't think there is anything wrong with the aesthetic they're pursuing. I think as a as a fan of witch fan. house. <laughs> Right, okay, no, but hear me out. Like, I just, like, playing with that kind of techno grunge occult aesthetic, I think is it's the right time to do it as a, it's it's niche enough. I think people are going to get behind that because it's interesting. And well, they did. By all accounts, Fiona Horn, like, really did believe in that stuff. She was all about it. Like, that's part of her philosophy in that she was, but if you're going to do that dark, edgy, witchy thing, don't make your music sound like it's the opening of a kids' show. <laughs> because yeah, the way fully. that she sings magic is like, ooh. Get high you know, on the magic mountain. <laughs> you know, the, what was that show, Magic Mountain? It had like yeah, a dragon yeah, yeah. and a panda. Yeah, fucking and a fucking Cornelia Francis playing a turtle. That's it. Yeah. Ooh, Lee, I love that spinning trick. I feel like they're just about to walk out and start dancing on the, on <laughs> yeah, the stage. Yeah. And it's just like, and the kids are in the front row going like, magic. It's magic. just like magic. Their next song is a fucking cover of Johnson and Friends theme. <laughs> hey, hey! You you don't talk shit about the Johnson. <laughs> I'd fuck that water bottle. I'd do it again. I'd fuck the accordion. <laughs> oh, God, I don't like what Death Effects does to you, Dave. No, <laughs> this is not that bad. Okay, well. all right. It's just yeah. a crap. It's yeah. just a crappy song. Yeah, it's just a crap song. Yeah, I don't it's, know that anything. It's more a to good Death Effects song. It's a crap song. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Big girls lost doors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. All right, well, I'm heading to, over to the ABC Kids Department. That David. We're nip that in the bud right now. <laughs> Shut it down. Bananas aren't going to be the only ones coming down the stairs. Yes! Shut it down. Yes! Shut it down. No, no. Yes! No. 
brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks to APR Radio for having us. Let's talk about our favourites and our least favourites. My least favourite. <laughs> and my favourite. Let's fucking... Let's go with Womba Lombo, baby. Oh, can we... I want to see if we can get this. Fucking... What was your favourite? Uh, my favourite was uh, Punk Rock Song. Damn it. I, think. I thought we were going to have a Wombo combo. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh. I, I would love to give it to Wombo, but the nostalgia and pleasure of just listening to Bad Religion is a bit too strong. And my least favourite was, of course, FX. Yeah, same. Wombo Lombo is a close second, though. Yeah, well, Goldfinger <laughs> got got saved because I guess I give it to DefX as well. Um, yeah, baby. Although, in a way... Maybe I don't. Maybe I do give it to Goldfinger, but why now? Maybe. You be you. Because, because, like, at least I enjoyed the ridiculousness of Def FX. Like, I, I, I shake my head at it, and I shake my head at Metallica as well <laughs> in, a, in a different way, but there was enjoyment in that, whereas I, Goldfinger was just irritating. I think so you know what? Goldfinger was is, my least favourite. Is that a... Is that a po- I can't remember the other songs if they were universally... The other Def FX songs, if they were all the least favourite. Maybe that's oh, a first for Def FX to not take <laughs> fifth place... Rotten. From yeah. everyone. Yeah. Um, and my favourite was Bad Religion as well. I mean, I don't have the goggles, but I still enjoy them. Thanks again for listening and uh, for supporting this little bloody shindig that we do every single week. If you would like to uh, help out in a tiny little way, rate and review and subscribe on iTunes. Drop us a review. Let us know... <laughs> Why this is the greatest podcast of all time? <laughs> Treat it like an Uber review. We got you where you're going. You got to yeah, give five yeah, stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, fuck, fuck. We didn't assault you. Fuck S Town. Where the fuck? We're the yeah. hottest yeah. podcast of 2017. Yeah. You know, let's get let's get real about this shit. I am also going to murder someone, so you know that's also hopefully going to raise a little bit of interest. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to murder Richard Simmons. So I'm going to fucking Whoa, bring it together and make it the hottest podcast of 2017. Hang on, man. You're going to do that before or after you go to the ABC building. you got a big afternoon oh, plan. mate. It's a big day. It's a big, big day. So The police are on alert. <laughs> yeah. We are at Hottest100s100s on Twitter. And if you are Fiona Horn and you would like to challenge me to a fist fight somewhere in a car park, then please write to Hottest100sandthousands at gmail.com. Just David. None of us have any other shade on you, Fiona. Yeah. You did your thing. Do, it's please. Fine. Please drop me a line. My number is 040. <laughs> On behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison. Womba Lombo. Mr. Andrew McDonald. Womba Lombo. And Mr. Adam Buncher. Womba Lombo. My name is David James Young. Everything is good for you. <laughs> 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 General gestures that uh, he's got go. <laughs> All right, welcome to the secret track. You did it, and now your reward. Oh, you can't hear that very well, can you? Hang on. Okay, hang on.
that's all you're getting. Oh, wait.